0: How have, you t- board. How have you taken what you learned at AngelList and stolen all of Naval's great strategies to implement into Republic to help regular <laughs> investors win? Welcome to The Syndicate, the podcast about the investors behind the overnight successes. It takes years. It takes money. On this show, we interview the top angel investors, venture capitalists, and startups to share what it really takes to succeed with startup investing. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and I'm a serial entrepreneur and angel investor. I believe startups are the future, and angel investing is the best way to build real, true wealth. To find out more about us and join our Syndicate on Angelist, please visit thesyndicate.vc. But now, let's get on with the show. Hey guys, welcome back to The Syndicate, the podcast where we talk mm-hmm. early stage angel investing, VC, tech, and we get the greatest entrepreneurs and investors of today. And there's a really interesting change happening in startup investing, VC, between ICOs and Title III crowd equity. It's a really interesting shift. So today we've got somebody pretty awesome who's played both sides of the table. Ken Wynn or Kendrick Wynn on the line. He's the founder of Republic. He worked previously at AngelList, apparently spun out Republic, and is now crushing it, helping startups found successful companies. Thanks for coming, Ken.
1: Thank you so much, Matt, for having me.
0: So Ken... We were talking a little before the show. This guy's incredibly excited, happy, enthusiastic about what he's doing. I love that because people aren't always like that. How many cups of coffee have you had today, Ken?
1: Oh, none. You know, I got up today at 6 Uh, a.m. Last night, I didn't uh, didn't go out. So uh, just been cranking on emails and happy to be here. (laughs) Ken is high on life. So, Ken, what are you doing today? What are you doing these days? Uh, You know, between uh, Republic and then I'm also helping out with uh, Angelist new platform, CoinList.co, which is an ICO platform. So, you know, between emails and conference calls, is seven days a week. Just another workday for me. But it works a lot of fun, so I can't complain.
0: I, I totally get that. So there's Angelist, traditional angel disruption. You've got Republic, who's a spin out of AngelList, which is going much more on the crowd equity route. And then you've got CoinList, which is is knocking ICOs. It sounds like List in and of itself, is disrupting venture capital and investing. Where do you see this going?
1: The, uh, I think we're still in, in the early days of this uh, drastic shift in fintech. Uh, it's very difficult to, to predict the future. Uh, but I do hope that my colleagues and my former colleagues at Angelis, at Republic, and soon to be at Coinlist, uh, that we can make fundraising easier for companies. We want to be the leader. Uh, However, the landscape shifts and makes it easier for everyone to participate, uh, some of which is through law and some of which is through technology like, uh, you know, the Bitcoin movement.
0: You studied neuroscience originally,
1: right? Yeah, I did. I did. uh, At Berkeley, that was uh, a number of years ago. Not that my knowledge of neuroscience is still fresh, but I have a strong interest in that space.
0: How do you go from that to this?
1: Uh, you'd be surprised the relevance between, uh, crowdfunding, retail crowdfunding at Republic and neuroscience. Uh, and uh, we end up doing a bit of research into the psychology and the reward, you know, pathway as to why people make decisions, whether it's betting or investing. Uh, so there's some relevance there. But, uh, but yeah, I went from neuroscience to law. And then from law to uh, academia and then to entrepreneurship so it's been a long-winded road
0: it's particularly interesting for me so i used to run a podcast art of the kickstart and it was all crowdfunding this was before title three this was before you could really do much interesting in crowdfunding in the us at least on the crowd equity side built that up pretty effectively and found that helping people raise money unless it's a platform is a terrible business model now you have a much better business model and you have some disruptions that are helping what you guys do become a reality. How are things going
1: at Republic? How are,
0: When did you spin the team out? How's the scaling up going?
1: Yeah, this is uh, just at the beginning of year two for the entire industry. And it's also the beginning of year two for Republic. And just like what you said, Matt, uh, it's definitely challenging to help uh, companies fundraise but it gets easier. And with our business model, the more people know about it and the more people get involved, it's easier uh, for us to help other companies fundraise. And it's actually a lot of fun for people to read about a company, about a journey, get to know the founders, you know, through our site, republic.co and make a small investment. I mean, we'll accept like $20 investment through a credit card and soon enough through Bitcoin. So the process is a lot of fun. And I hope that uh, with time, a lot more people will be will be involved and engaged and be an angel investor.
0: And there's some great startups. So it looks like you guys have, you have a strong consumer focus on Republic?
1: Uh, only because, the, again, the industry is new. And so anything that's consumer facing, may it be goods or services, uh, would be more understandable, more relatable, uh, given people's attention span online. But over time, as we, as the industry, and as our company matures, I have no doubt they will expand into you know a i biotech and all of that.
0: There's a couple of really good crowd equity sites. I've only made one or two investments with those one company, City Falcon, I need to call out it's an incredible company. it's personalized financial news. You plug in what you like, you get all of your updated stories. Hey, tell me about Apple, Alexi'll go and Amazing. read out the stories where what how essentially okay here's the here's the question so. What you guys are doing is you're making it possible for everyday consumers to invest in startup companies, which is also what you see with a lot of these ICOs, which I would argue are incredibly overhyped today. Are they competitors? Are they ancillaries? Talk about the dynamics and how you
1: see that playing out. You know, ICO is a much more complicated piece uh, or coinless operation compared to Republic because What we do at Republic with equity crowdfunding is very black and white. The law is very specific on what we can or cannot do. In the ICO realm, uh, I would dare say that a large percentage of ICOs done to date are not in compliance with securities law. So the process of building out a compliant ICO platform, a core fundamental of that is that it's not available to unaccredited. Investor or not available to non millionaires. Republic itself will offer access to ICO for retail investors. Uh, that's going to be rolled out in the coming months or weeks.
0: Interesting. How, how is that? So, how are you guys acting as the legal loophole?
1: Yep. Uh, you know, quite, uh, quite simply, in this sense, The offerings uh, for ICOs to be quote-unquote legal or compliant with securities law, they have to be deemed securities offering. So most forms of public fundraising or private fundraising when it comes to securities offerings are limited to millionaires, right, Uh, accredited investors. Republic or crowdfunding offers one of very few avenues by which retail people can access these private investment opportunities. Or private securities offering, so it's structuring an offering on Republic that makes sense in parallel or right after an offering on coinlist, and that's where our internal legal expertise uh, really helps us navigate this industry faster or better than people have to rely on outside counsel.
0: It makes sense. It's it's a very complicated legal loophole game of you're playing all of these different <laughs> things and different. Different jurisdictions. I want to talk, I want to talk AngelList a little bit. So w- wasn't your title growth hacker or something there about <laughs> Angelist? What were you doing there?
1: I, you, I, uh, everyone, at least back then, uh, when I joined AngelList, I think I was employee number 20. Uh, it, it was a very flat structure. AngelList's uh, model was to hire founders. So it, you know, we're, we're free to do whatever we want. But my, I was responsible for legal affairs. I did hold the general counsel title uh, externally. I uh, also helped with you know, product strategy and different aspects of international expansion. Why do you think they were able
0: to expand so quickly? I mean, they're killing it now.
1: The syndicate model is quite unique. Uh, before going into uh, tech, uh, I spent a number of years in traditional finance in New York. And even now, if you look at venture firms or private equity firms or hedge funds, you have one, you know, special guy with a magic touch and build a company around it, right? The syndicate model essentially in my crew description is somehow aggregate, you know, dozens, a couple dozens of guys and gals with that magic touch in the valley in tech and bring them all on a single platform. So it's quite unique even today sitting here. Uh, Technology-wise, it's no longer unique, but the business model in terms of execution, I think Angela still has a a unique angle in the market, and that would enable it to, I think, succeed and grow in the long term.
0: It's venture capital without the silly management fees, and you get to have a deal-by-deal basis. So it's, it's a win-win for both players, except for have, the management you, fees are helpful at, at times. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, you have the Naval no- Ravicon, the Gil Picina, the Tim Ferriss, all bringing deals to the same pool of investors as opposed to running their, you know, discrete uh, venture capital firms. So it's a, it's a, I think it's an awesome uh, proposition for investors.
0: Who's the smartest syndicate leader you've met
1: Oh, <laughs> you gotta pick one. Uh, well, I mean, Navar being uh, the CEO of Azure List, and in many ways his path, uh, has charted my path in tech. So I have I haven't met anyone more thoughtful, uh, in general, but particularly about investing than, than Naval. Uh, but I've also interacted with him the most. So a little selfishly and <laughs> self-servingly, I would say that Navar is, um, the most thoughtful, uh, Investors I've met
0: How have you across t- the board. How have you taken what you learned at AngelList and stolen all of Naval's great strategies to implement into Republic to help regular <laughs> investors win?
1: You know, be a couple of lifetimes before I can steal all of of uh, of what Naval has. But uh, we borrow a few things from AngelList to, to Republic, and we didn't borrow a few angles. Uh, pro- being very product heavy in building our team, engineer focus. Is key, but at the same time, Republic from day one has been more has more of an emphasis on business and is a less flat of an organization, and that's by intention. Uh, I do think that Republic uh, is a more regulated entity. Our products from day one was clear. Angelus from day one was you know venture hack a list, and it took a couple years to mature into. The syndicate product. So during the R&D phase, uh, the more flat the better, in my opinion. But once you have that product, and once you need to execute on it, then it's more efficient to have a more structured organization, and you need strength on the business and biz dev in order to execute efficiently and capture the market.
0: There are a couple of really strong crowd equity sites. Is it winner take all, and how do you work with them?
1: Uh, the industry is so new. Uh, so what Angelus did with the syndicate model was a new concept in an old industry, right? Private fundraising with retail crowdfunding in the US is brand new. So it's not so much about competitors and about everyone playing the same game and get the works out as much as possible. So we're more focused on doing what we believe is the core mission. Of retail crowdfunding, which is inclusive entrepreneurship. There's a reason why we focus on diverse team. We focus on tech companies with a mission behind it, uh, and on the core strength of our team and our partners. Uh, so I really think that the industry is big enough so that you know there will be different sectors and different leaders in each of those sectors. But it's too early to uh, to tell who's going to emerge ahead.
0: What would you say to the critics that say the majority of the best deals never end up on crowd equity sites because if they can raise money via Angels VCs, it's easier way for you to do it?
1: What I would say is that I would really appreciate an opportunity for me to speak to them directly so that I can explain a more informed view of retail crowdfunding. It's so much more than financing and money. It's a unique, in fact, unprecedented tool to convert your customers into brand ambassadors. If you, Matt, uh, do you drink vodka?
0: I, I don't, actually. I have made that mistake <laughs> in the past and have
1: decided not
0: to in the future.
1: You know, how about two water brand, a sparkling water, or whatever it may be? If you buy a product, you just buy it. But if you happen to be a $100 investor in one of those water brands, that's what you're going to serve on July 4th on New Year's and you're going to be telling everyone about it. If you happen to be investing in Sky Vodka, you're just going to be ordering at the bar a year, even though they've made me better uh, Sky you know, better Vodka brands. So that kind of that's unique psychological conversion uh, of an investor into a brand ambassador, there's no way that you can get that uh, in any other form. I would say there's
0: one that's better. And that would be blockchain-based companies. So Bitcoin, Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme where you get started early, and it's valuable for you, but it's more valuable if you get your friends on board. But also, then you have your friends. So it's one of those self-fulfilling flywheels where if you look at early adopters of anything and their net promoter score or how excited they are about sharing, nothing's going to beat blockchain because you're making more money by bringing your friends on board. <laughs> I, I I try to get you to I try to get you to use a Mac and yeah, I might be excited about Mac. I might even be one of those guys that stands in right. line for three days to get a shitty new phone. But right. I'm not getting more money by convincing you. That's um it's inter it's a uh, it's a really interesting
1: dynamic. You know, and I agree a hundred percent and people have asked me, don't you have enough going on at Republic? Why are you being also a take on the distraction of IPO, ICO and Coinless and in reality You know, blockchain and tokenization is that's the other fork of of crowdfunding, of of distributed, you know, democratized access. And all roads eventually is going to lead to Rome. Right now, Rome is still many, many hundred miles uh, ahead. It can be another 10 years, can be another five years, who knows? But uh, these are all the different pieces that I think will lead to a much more open, democratized financing system.
0: When you think it could be five years, it can also just be five months, but um it really depends on how exponentially it's speeding up. in my opinion iCOs are going to become iPOs tokens are going to become stocks because it just makes more sense. But the majority of companies that are raising money via iCOs right now are just complete scams or just crappy ideas with with average teams. Um, do you guys how do you look at traditional crowdfunding versus equity crowdfunding, and do you guys have the option to do both? Let's say I'm sell- I have a purse company, I want to raise money for it, and I want to get the purse and I want to get the stock because, you know, I'm really excited about purses.
1: You'd, uh, first, I, I can't agree more about the analogy of ICO becoming IPO, and I couldn't say it better. I do hope, though, that when we get there, ICO is still less regulated than today's IPO, which is the cost of which is too high to make it realistic, right? Uh, going back to traditional crowdfunding like, you know, Kickstarter... Uh, and what we do at Republic, you know, Kickstarter is uh, is two different circles with some overlapping interest. A Kickstarter at the end of the day is buying a product and making a donation. It It doesn't have that branding, brand engagement value. So not only that, only very few companies would have a product or a service that can be Kickstarted. So if you have an AI company, that's probably never going to be able to fundraise on traditional crowdfunding. But certainly, they're overlapping, um, you know, uh, sub-sectors.
0: I would say, but from the looks of your side, it looks like you've had a lot of consumer e-commerce type plays. Those, I imagine, you could have a great upsell where people want to buy some equity, but they also want to have have one. It's like when you're on the team, you want to have the t-shirt too. Yep.
1: One of the campaigns that we just closed is Light, uh, the Light Phone, uh, and they raised on traditional crowdfunding. And people, I think, got a worse deal out of it because they just got the phone. Whereas in this case, they invested five hundred dollars, they got that phone, and then it's actually an investment in the company. If the company does three times as well and got acquired, uh, you know, in a year, then their five hundred dollars now is worth approximately fifteen hundred bucks. You know? Like That kind of upside potential is much more compelling, but it's more obligation for the company as well. They got to go through more I and mean, they do a light securities offering uh, and we help make that process easy, um, but it's not, it's not for everyone. You got to be willing to disclose your revenue and your balance sheet publicly.
0: How long does that process take? And one thing that I've seen that could be very challenging with equity crowdfunding is once you disclose that information, it's not just disclosing it at the beginning it's disclosing it the entire time throughout the company's life cycle, which means you're giving away a lot of information.
1: Oh, not so, not so. No? So a quick a quick read of the law would require, it would, it would appear that a company has to disclose information year after year. But no, in fact, if you only want to do that campaign once, all you have to do is that disclosure the time that you do the campaign and then one more time at the end of the first year and you never have to do another filing again. But you would not be able to do another crowdfunding again. That means if you want to keep on dealing with the crowd, you got to keep on disclosing.
0: Okay, that makes much more sense. Yeah. And it makes it, it makes it a much safer model. So you guys have had a lot of success. You've had a couple companies around quarter of a million, 200,000, 100,000. Talk about some of the success stories and what you think makes it special.
1: Um, and this is in year one. I still deem it to be R&D. In the coming months, you're going to see rounds or or fundraising campaigns that target a much higher amount, uh, you know, hitting up at the million uh, mark. But today, aside from the usual lens of investing in an early stage company, at first and foremost, you know, the founders and the founding you know team are they resilient? Do they have domain expertise? Do they really believe in it so much they're like willing to, to go go you know the whole uh, now you are and get there. Um, but the additional lens that we layer on is do we think that they have the bandwidth and the mental commitment to execute a crowdfunding campaign? It is, it's more work than private fundraising. And if you do it well, you get twice the value out of it money and advertisement. But if you Expect that you're going to launch a campaign, sit back, and people and money just flow in. That doesn't work anywhere. And you'd be surprised how few, even strong founders, how few of them are mentally ready at any particular moment in time uh, to execute on.
0: I worked with a lot of crowdfunding campaigns in the past. And what worked really well for them was Facebook ads. So the trick being with traditional crowdfunding, the more money that you have coming in, as early as possible the higher you're going to rank the higher you're going to rank the more you're going to take advantage of that internal audience and then you're going to have that flywheel effect how are people promoting their crowd equity campaigns is it a similar style
1: is it something different we definitely have seen you know ads on social media and the effectiveness of it from our estimation is not nearly as high as a traditional crowdfunding campaign people invest as opposed to buy we think that the most effective way is that people invest based if they have a guru. You know, almost like the syndicate lead model at AngelList, and over time we're going to build that out, no doubt. Um, but if there's different network, if someone that they believe, that they trust in saying that this is a good deal, people are more likely to invest. So the strength of our investor base on Republic people who come to us and like what we do at tremendous value. Uh, to to the campaign, I think more so than just the organic Kickstarter investor base, the typical Kickstarter campaign. And then we also identify potential investor groups that may be interested in a particular deal and help uh, you know, the the companies on our side reach out to them. So I, those approaches have been more effective than social media uh, advertisement.
0: Talk me through the process of setting up a crowd equity campaign with Republic.
1: It can be as quick as, um, you know, seven days. Uh, anyone who sent us a pitch deck, we're going to feed it through our deal due diligence process and give back some feedback. Assuming that it's a deal that meets all relevant lenses and that we think that uh, the founders have the right expectation, um, then we set them up. The, the, the process is very productized. Yeah, I would say 95% automated reminders to go out setting up with Form C. We partner with iDisclose, that's the Form C facilitator. We have an accountant outside to refer you to at low cost to help convert your financials to GAAP. We have securities attorney also at very low cost to help review your Form C. And then we have template of the DO page to give you access to and we'll track the percentage of completion and remind you of things that need to that you need to do. We then also provide issuers with guidance on how to execute a campaign once the campaign is launched. And then on our end, you know, prepare announcement and, uh, and uh, materials to, to the investor base. So it can be as quick as like four or five days. And some people take three or four weeks to, to get everything done.
0: And then traditional campaigns are running three months, six months, a month.
1: Uh, uh, I, we generally recommend not less than you know, 30 days, 45 days, but more than 16, rarely more than 60 days is ultimately their decision. I know that with traditional crowdfunding, people think that less is more. There's an urgency around it, and I don't think that that's the case for investment crowdfunding. Uh, we did, they're, they're, psychologically, uh, it's just a different investor user pool. Uh, so there's similarities, but there, there are many things that are not translatable.
0: Yeah, there's a lot more due diligence that goes into that how do you guys help companies do you help companies follow on investing so you have great connections with angel i imagine you know lots of syndicates i imagine you've got good connections in new york you've got good connections in silicon valley how are you guys funneling the companies that come through you, you probably haven't done this to date but what's your game plan in terms of not just building out the best possible platform for them to raise money on but then also building out that best possible we're going to help you guys make it happen after you raise money with us so that our investors make tons of money. and You guys make tons of money and we just dominate type
1: deal. I think it uh, boils down to why we do what we do. And I think I myself and the rest of our team, we could easily make more money, higher com in any number of companies or, or, or industry. We do this because we each of us have like a strong personal interest and we have a lot of fun out of like helping and dealing with entrepreneurs. So out of that desire, we view all of the companies that fundraise on Republic to be like long-term partners. So beyond just venture ecosystem, if they need anything from engineering, design help, just like a second person to, to run something through, the team has been available. And, and that's why they've been some of our biggest evangelizer, evangelists. But to answer your question, because... I came from from uh, from Angeles and know the ecosystem. I would think fairly well that it it's just information that if I can make a helpful introduction, I would uh, and so whether it's to help with a follow on round, whether if they need like advice and bridge financing and I give my frank assessment, we're always there to to help and I think that's one of the biggest differentiator between Republic and some of the other platforms out there so i th- I hope that. We have been, and I have no doubt that we will continue to be helpful uh, to the startup that have raised our site.
0: Ken, you're probably the happiest person I've ever met. What's your deal? (laughs) What what is your thing? What do you do for fun?
1: Oh, uh, well, this is going to be a depressing answer for some, but uh, I I can say that to be lucky. You know, now with Republic, and I couldn't even say that when I was at Angeles, but certainly now with Republic, Personal life and, and, uh, and professional life have completely merged in that the vast majority of my friends, like close friends happen to be business partners in some capacity. And so this is, you know, on a Saturday morning and talking to you, Matt, and technically it's work, but it's actually kind of like not, you know, I wouldn't be any happier going for a run down Hudson River. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm like all in on, on this, uh, on this mission. I'm just like grateful to be, uh, Ah, to be alive at this moment in time to be positioned in a way that I can be involved in fintech and leverage my prior you know work in personal experience and uh, move the needle forward and the process is fun it's not about outcomes so uh yeah I can't complain and hope it stays this way
0: (laughs) happiest hustler you'll ever meet I want to jump to the lightning round how's that sound Ken (laughs) sounds great so you've done a bit of angel investing on your own what's the first deal you did
1: do I did first? a uh, APRIA uh, is a uh truck tire pressure maintenance system. They raised an A route, uh, maybe about a year ago. How's it going? It's going well. I gotta say, I've been too busy with Republic to follow uh, on the details of my various investments, but uh, seems to be going well. Besides Republic, what are you
0: excited about today?
1: Uh, today. Uh, going for a run. I haven't been able to uh, work out in the past week, just traveling on the road. So really excited to hit the gym.
0: Very good, very good. What uh, what's the biggest company you've missed? Either Republic or you personally?
1: Live three sixty. I wish I had invested in that syndicate when it uh, when they raised an angel
0: What uh, what field's gonna dominate the next ten years in exits and IPOs?
1: Um, blockchain.
0: Blockchain. Okay, that's
1: interesting. Besides ICOs, what's overhyped today? Oh. Uh, was overhyped today? Yeah. was overhyped today? I think uh, venture, <laughs> the traditional venture funds, uh, that model is, is overhyped. And uh, both uh, repu- both Angela's traditional syndicate uh, and the ICO angle will eat substantially into, into their turf. Ken's coming for you guys.
0: Give me a productivity <laughs>
1: hack. Uh, meditation. Meditation. What's your strategy? Five minutes. It's five like minutes. five minutes. It's not like two hours. It's like literally close my eyes, sit down for like five minutes. I can't sit still for more than five minutes. So. Yeah, you got a lot of but, energy, I can tell. But that helps.
0: Awesome, Ken. I know you're an incredibly busy guy. I have one last question for you before I let you get back to doing what you're doing and hopefully just taking off running. What's one thing I should have asked you about that I didn't you think we should talk about bring up?
1: What's a good advice for anyone starting out to do a company mm-hmm. or looking to do a uh, uh, you know launch to startup What would you say I would say definitely don't do it just because it looks like it's a good economic model. only go into it if you Believe in it or about to believe in it with like everything. That means if the thing fails spectacularly bad, that you're going to look back and say, man, that was an amazing ride because otherwise there's no way you're going to be able to weather the up and down of, of launching a company, particularly in the first year. Absolutely. It is a freaking <laughs>
0: roller coaster ride. It sounds like you're on a high. Maybe you're always on a high. You seem like an awesome <laughs> dude, Ken. Where's the best place for people to connect with you?
1: Uh, send me an email at ken at uh, republic.co at any time or hit me up on uh, on uh, angel.co and I'll try to get back to everyone usually my schedule is a little crazy these days it might may take a couple days but I'll eventually get back
0: if you guys are interested in looking at great early stage deals on companies that anybody can invest in republic.co check them out they've got some really cool companies on there definitely recommend it and if you're interested in some other accredited type investments, thesyndicate.vc slash join. Join our syndicate. Get in there. We've got some cool deals coming and we'd love to have you guys be a part of it. Thanks for coming today, Ken.
1: It's such an honor to be on the syndicate and you're the man. Uh, Have an amazing weekend and wish everyone uh, an awesome weekend as well.
0: Absolutely. Have a great weekend, which pretty much means it's a Monday.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Cheers, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to The Syndicate, the podcast where angel investors and VCs go off the cuff and discuss the ins and outs of the venture ecosystem. We're here to share the tips and tricks of the best in the business, because startups and tech make the pie bigger. To learn more about us and what we do, visit thesyndicate.vc. And to join our syndicate on AngelList, just go to join and get access to some of the best startup deals. This has been another episode of The Syndicate. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys again next week.